The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. We are almost at the end of training camp. The Buffalo Bills uh, strike camp in just a few days at St. John Fisher University in beautiful Pittsburgh, New York. Then they head back for their preseason opener. And they don't return to St. John Fisher this year after that preseason opener. They stay in Orchard Park. So the next time you're going to hear from me will be after their first preseason game. Kind of snuck up on us, I think. I wanted to remind you that you should send in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumlings Q and A, email Buffalo Rumlings at SBNation.com. Plenty of ways to get in touch with the show and share your questions for me to answer in future episodes. It really, really helps the show when we hear from all of you. The other thing you can do to help out the show is just tell a friend. Say, hey, I'm listening to this great podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. If you don't listen to them, you should be. And that'll help spread the word, help grow the brand, and really just help us out in every way possible. So that would be really helpful if you could do that for us. Our first question this week comes from our email inbox, Rumblings at SBNation.com. Brian asks us, the Bills brought in O.J. Howard to compete for a starting job with Dawson Knox this offseason. Were they looking for a low-cost tight end for the future? If the answer is yes, then Dawson is not seen as the long-term tight end. Brandon has certain positions he undervalues tight end, slot receiver, offensive lineman, running back, interior defensive lineman, and I think that works against Dawson. O.J. Howard does not look like competition this year. I think Dawson Knox is going to get seriously lowballed on a long-term offer. Well, let's start with O.J. Howard of it all. I don't think O.J. Howard was brought in as competition for Dawson Knox's job. I just think that they didn't have anybody behind Dawson Knox. And when he went out last year with his broken hand, they didn't really have someone who could step in and play that role. It's certainly not Tommy Sweeney, who I think is very much in danger of losing his spot on the roster. It's you know, pr- certainly not going to be uh, Jalen Wiedermeyer or 
Quentin Morris is the third tight end on the roster. You know, Reggie Gilliam just signed a contract extension, but none of those guys could come in and even give serviceable play um, for a long period of time like Dawson Knox and like O.J. Howard would be able to if Dawson Knox was hurt. So I don't think he's competition for Dawson Knox as much as he is, you know, high quality depth that this team desperately needed last year and didn't have. So with that being said, that's that's 2022. It's a one-year deal for O.J. Howard. I don't think they look at him as a long-term option. That's why they signed him to a one-year deal. It's kind of that one-year prove-it type of contract. You know, maybe he Howard ends up somewhere else. Maybe he ends up in Buffalo. But both Dawson Knox and O.J. Howard are going to be free agents this offseason. So the Bills are going to be attempting to either re-sign or obtain a new tight end at some point this offseason. What I think is going to happen is one of two things. And we'll start with, I think, the worst case scenario. And that is Dawson Knox is going to get franchise tagged by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, The franchise tag was really popular for NFL tight ends in 2022 because it's a lower figure than other positions, right? So if you're franchise tagging a quarterback, it's you know, the top 10 quarterbacks make a heck of a lot of money. If you're franchise tagging a wide receiver, it's it's a lot of money. There's a couple positions, even linebackers is a sneaky one that like when we were looking at the Matt Milano of it all, it's a really high number because of all those pass rushing linebackers. So the two positions that I think are most likely to get franchise tagged in today's NFL with the economy being what it is, is safety and tight end. The Bills have two candidates for those franchise tags, and you only get one, obviously. So they could do that to Jordan Poyer at safety, or they could do it to Dawson Knox at tight end at the end of this season. So one of those guys might sign a longer-term deal, like a two-year deal uh, for Jordan Poyer or a four-year deal for Dawson Knox, so that they can franchise tag the other guy. But I think those two positions are very much in play for the Buffalo Bills to franchise tag one of those players. In 2022, the franchise tag for a tight end was $11 million. In 2023, it's projected to go up to like $12.5 million, but still, that's pretty low. It's actually the lowest franchise tag figure for any position group, except for special teams, punters, and and kickers and stuff like that. So tight end, $12.5 million. Running back is above that at $13 million. Safety is above that at $14 million. So two of those you know, three bottom position player uh, franchise tag numbers. The Bills could definitely be in play for. I don't think they're going to put $13 million on Devin Singletary, but that's a different conversation. Again, at the bottom of that franchise tag number. Considering David Njoku, a guy who statistically is worse than Dawson Knox, got $11.5 million signing bonus from the Cleveland Browns as part of $17 million guaranteed at the signing of his contract. He um, is going to average just under $14 million per season on that four-year $54.75 million contract. And so if the Bills want to commit to him, that's the, the basement. That is the basement for a Dawson Knox contract is that four years probably $55 million contract that David Njoku signed 
this offseason. So if they don't want to put that kind of commitment in, if they don't want to guarantee, you know, $20 million of Dawson Knox going forward, they could do the franchise tag. I think it's a no-brainer to do the David Njoku contract if Dawson Knox will agree to that. I am certainly interested in keeping Dawson Knox around for a multi-year deal. I'm just not sure the Bills are going to want to financially swing that, especially now that we have a new offensive coordinator and we're not 100% sure what that's going to look like. If Dawson Knox puts together a solid start to this season, we could see that midseason extension like they did with Taron Johnson last year or even wait until after the season um, when we get into right before free agency, which is when they extended guys like Matt Milano. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad sign that they haven't extended Dawson Knox yet. I mean, he's really only put together one really solid NFL season. I want him to stay in Buffalo too. I think he wants to stay in Buffalo. He just bought a new house. He said that publicly. He wants to stay in Buffalo. I don't know why you'd want to go anywhere when Josh Allen is your quarterback. So maybe he gives them a little bit of a hometown discount. But those are kind of the parameters that I'm looking at around that Dawson Knox contract. And I don't think O.J. Howard figures into that at all. Thanks for your question on our email inbox, Rumblings at SBNation.com. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got more questions about the offensive line. Don't go anywhere. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back. Thanks for listening again. This week we have a continuation question from last week. So a week ago I talked about Cody Ford possibly being cut from the roster. Uh, He's been running as the ninth offensive lineman. And I got some pushback on that. So uh, what I wanted to play for you first is what I said last week. And then I'll ask the follow-up question right after that. Cody Ford has been running ninth at best on the offensive line. When they're bringing in uh, reserves to play, it's Tommy Doyle getting run. It's David Questenberry getting run. When they went down three starting offensive linemen, Greg Mance came in and was playing an interior offensive lineman position. And then finally Cody Ford got run with the first team when they had four injuries 
on the first-team offensive line or four absences on the offensive line. But then on Monday, Bobby Hart got run with the first team ahead of Cody Ford. So is he the ninth lineman? Is he the tenth lineman? I don't really know. Um, what I do know is that they're not going to keep him on the team based on his salary. Um, based Because it's just not good business. Like It's going to be a football decision whether or not Cody Ford is on this team. Because they'll actually, they probably will save money if they cut him. It's not a lot. It's not enough to be like, oh, they cut him for salary cap reasons. No. They're going to be cutting him for football reasons. So to, to go back to your question, does it seem like Ford is getting knocked off the roster, especially since Tenuta is cheap? I think he's just getting knocked off the roster because he's not playing very well. Granted, all of those practices were practices without pads until the last few days. So maybe when the pads go on, something changes. Maybe he's able to keep working with Aaron Cromer and play his way up during the preseason and, and make this roster a month from now. But he's starting at the ninth position at, at best. He's starting at the very back end of the roster. So if he does make the team, it's as the guy that's inactive on game day, even though he has that inside-outside versatility, or at least supposedly has that inside-outside versatility. I added that reverb to make it sound like I was a ghost talking from the past, which I thought was pretty interesting. So here's what I got in response to those comments. Matt, Cody Ford has been running with the ones and holding his own, but he's not going to make the team? Come on, surely y'all do more research than this. You want to wager that he makes the team? I'll send you my Venmo. Your placement of Cody as the ninth offensive lineman on the team is purely subjective opinion. All three of those tweets were from the same guy, SMFH, which if you know internet slang, contains an expletive if you uh, take the initials. Well, it's not purely subjective, and I went through why it's not purely subjective that he's running as the ninth offensive lineman at best. Um, the Bills needed four players out of the starting lineup before Cody Ford got one rep with the first team offensive line. And I would challenge you um, when you say that he's holding his own because I haven't found a single beat reporter or someone who's been at practice that says Cody Ford has been holding his own on every rep against the first team defensive line. Then there's this from Joe Biscalia of The Athletic on Sunday. Ford has not had a good camp, even with the opportunities to block for Josh Allen. That's Joe's way of saying he was blocking for the first team. He's not allowed to say who's running with the first team, but he says that he's blocking for Josh Allen, so you know he's blocking for the first team. So Ford has not had a good camp, even with the opportunities to block for Allen. Other veteran players such as Quessenberry, Mance, and Hart have all looked better at guard, which makes you wonder what it means for Ford, who is now in the final year of his contract and seemingly a guard only. The Bills coaches have stressed how much they value versatility, and Ford hasn't given them much there. With other players looking more versatile and having stronger camps than Ford, it wouldn't be a surprise if Ford is a trade or a cut candidate this summer. The preseason games will mean a great deal for him, even if his 2022 future isn't in Buffalo. 
So I'm hardly the only person saying that Cody Ford is a potential cut candidate. Um, he has not played well during training camp. He has not played well when he's been in the lineup recently. I just don't see a, a lot of reason to keep him football wise. Um, he is cheap, but so are the other guys that they would keep on the roster in place of Cody Ford. So there's your trip down memory lane and hopefully you'll see what I see about Cody Ford. I it really is going to come down to one of those final roster spots for him, I think. Thanks for your question again, SMFH, over on our Twitter feed at Rumblings Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle. Over to our text line at 716-508-0405. Joe from Manhattan, thank you for once again asking a question for us. Joe says, McKenzie and Shakir have had great camps to seemingly lock down wide receiver three and four. Could Jamison Crowder now be a surprise cut? Could he be flipped for a draft pick or will they still keep him but not rely on him as much? So all offseason, I've been saying Khalil Shakir was guaranteed to be on the roster. He His entire salary is guaranteed. But it's only $2 million, so if they want to get rid of him, it's not going to really hurt them to just cut him. Um, I still think he's going to be on this roster. Uh, They don't have a depth option at outside wide receiver beyond Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs. And as we've seen over the last few years, the Bills have had four wide receivers play more than 50% of the snaps. So that tells me that they're going to need another wide receiver at some point this year. Um, Isaiah McKenzie, starting slot receiver, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, those guys are probably locked into their spots right now. Isaiah McKenzie would have to do something pretty bad over the course of the next couple weeks to lose that slot receiver job. But I don't think they want to go in and say, yeah, Khalil Shakir, you're going to play 50% of the snaps this year. The experience that Crowder brings to the table, um, just because he missed the first five days of training camp that were not padded, by the way, like I I don't really see it as a huge issue for him. Um, He runs nice routes. He just doesn't have that breakaway speed for yards after the catch. So I think they're going to keep him around as an insurance policy. I do not. I mean, they could trade him. Um, It would save them. $1.23 $1.23 million on their salary cap. They've already paid him uh, the $750,000 signing bonus um, and his workout bonus of $45,000. So they've got whatever it is, $1.12 million in salary that they would um, be able to save. They would save his per-game roster bonuses. Um, so it's not, it's not a lot of money that they would save by trading him. So I don't really see it. As something that's going to happen. Um, if they're going to get rid of him, they're going to have to cut him and eat the $2 million. But I just do not see that as a possibility. Even if Khalil Shakir plays, keeps playing really well, um, he could definitely be the backup in the slot where Crowder has more of that inside-outside versatility at this point in his career. Uh, maybe Shakir can play that fourth wide receiver spot and Jamison Crowder could be inactive on Sundays. But I still think that he has a place on this team, especially at that $2 million salary figure. Thanks for your question at our text line, 
1-800-273-0405. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. If you have questions for next week's episode, I would really appreciate them at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumblings Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can email us buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. If you're an advertiser looking to advertise on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, you can reach out to me at that email address as well, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. There are plenty of ways to get in touch with our show and have your questions answered as we get into the preseason. Uh, so I'll send out um, a reminder asking for questions after the Bills play the Colts this weekend. It's um, Bills football's back, guys. I'm super excited about it, even if it's the preseason. Uh, thanks for listening, and go Bills.